Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. We're uh, talking about a bit of a different subject today. The topic is how to quit the rat race and go all in on Airbnb. So today I'm talking with Samantha. She's one of our Legends X students, and she is thinking about quitting her day job to go all in on her short-term rental business. So Samantha, exciting times. Very exciting, Jasper. Yes, uh exciting and anxiety inducing and some big decisions to come up so thanks for taking time to chat with me yeah absolutely yeah this is uh this is a topic that um i really like talking about because uh you know i have the experience uh, 11 years ago i i quit my finance job to travel the world and figure out what i want to do with the rest of my uh, life and i've uh, i've had many of my friends take a, a similar path um it was the best decision in my life and so yeah, I think uh, I think ten years from now you'll you'll probably look back and, and think the same. <laughs> I'm sure you're right, but right now it's definitely a a point where we're kind of reflecting on. I think probably so many people like myself are reflecting on like there's got to be a better way, and so I think the experience you've had and kind of helping people exit corporate America be interesting. Just kind of learn from you a little bit. Yeah, for sure, and. You know, for for the listeners, if, you, if you've been listening to the episodes that I've been doing with Eric on the Fridays, then you know that we, we really believe that there's a massive opportunity in short-term rentals in, in the very near future, if not right now, today. Um, we're just seeing across the board that short-term rentals are outperforming hotels and work. There's several trends in place, uh, digital nomads, remote workers, you know, the, the drive to more rural and, and secondary markets and the you know, there, there's so many trends that point in that direction that there's going to be massive demand for short-term rentals. And a lot of people like yourself, Samantha, um, realize that. So you're not the only one, I think. I think there's a lot of people who do something with Airbnb. They might have one unit or a couple units, and, and they're considering this. They see the opportunity. So let's uh, let's dive into it. Well, first of all, what, what made you want to get out of your day job to start with? Yeah, I think like so many people right now, I think the pandemic's had an opportunity for, you know, myself and my husband just to pause and reflect on kind of, is this the life that we want? I traveled quite a bit and got to a point in my career that we all had aspired to at some point. And we we sat back and said, well, wait a second, we kind of want to be home and more time for family and travel and just living life, you know, not to take it for granted. So we, you know, like you had just mentioned, we had a couple Airbnbs on the side. And then, you know, now we're 
thinking about kind of growing that business and really pivoting our life and me specifically kind of quitting corporate America and historically because it's been my paycheck that's provided a lot of the security. So kind of quitting corporate America is a pretty big step for us. But, you know, I, I do wonder, there's probably a lot more benefits on the financial side if you can make it work. And so that's the big if and the kind of the big mental game is kind of getting out of the security of a paycheck and believing, you know, more in ourselves and our business and what we can do to provide that security, probably even more so into the future. So that's kind of where we are and why and where we are in the journey or where I'm in the journey. For sure. Have you been to any Tony Robbins seminars by any chance? I have not. You know, it's funny you asked. I signed up for one and as life would have it, I had some work commitments and uh, had to back out. But no, I've, I never actually attended. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I've been to a number of them and I always notice that like 90% of the people at those seminars are entrepreneurs, you know, and I, I think there's a reason for that because as you mentioned, you know, you, when you quit your job, you lose the security of that monthly paycheck and that creates a lot of anxiety, right? And entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is full of uncertainties. It's full of ups and downs. There's a, so much going on that I, I recognized pretty quickly when after I quit my job, quit my job, that I wasn't mentally capable of dealing with all that stuff. You know, I was kind of driving myself a bit crazy, like every day, like thinking about should I do this or do that? What do I? There's so many options, so many opportunities, so many decisions to make, and so I started going to a lot of these self improvement seminars. But one uh, one thing that uh, I wanted to share that I took away from Tony Robbins first seminar, I think it was uh, UPW, is he talks about the, net, the the human needs. There's four needs that every single human being has. And those are significance, love or connection, certainty, and uncertainty, which I, I thought was really interesting when I first heard that, because I was like, well, how can we have a need for certainty and uncertainty? You know, are, there, are those opposites? <laughs> But then he kind of explained it and he said, you know, we all have these needs in different intensities. So, for example, like everybody has a need for security. Everybody has a need for certainty, but we also have a need for uncertainty. But certain people have a stronger need for certainty than uncertainty. And what I learned from that seminar is that I actually have a very strong need for uncertainty, which, you know, which explains why I'm always attracted to a bit of chaos in my life, you know, like traveling around, not having a home, you know, <laughs> building different businesses and kind of seeing where it goes. How do you feel about that? Like, what, what do you think is, do you have a stronger need for certainty or uncertainty? Yeah, I would say I probably lean more towards certainty. And that's probably become more prominent as I've gotten older with young children and real responsibilities. I think that's probably one of the points of anxiety for me in making the shift is kind of, I will be moving from, especially from a financial security perspective, very certain mm -hmm. to now very uncertain. So I would say my comfort zone is uncertainty, but it's interesting on a day-to-day -day basis, if I end up doing the same thing, I would go crazy. So like on a day-to-day -day basis, I definitely drive towards a challenge and uncertainty and breaking down barriers, doing new things, but it's usually within the construct of a very secure, certain environment, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm curious to see as I make the transition, if that will change, if I get more comfortable in a much broader uncertain uh, space. Yeah. 
We'll see. Yeah, you know, I for me the this understanding um, what I learned from from that seminar what kind of helped me a little bit to kind of accept the fact that we have that need for certainty. So it's normal to have anxiety, you know, when you're when you're quitting your job. So it's something that we don't have to resist, but we can just accept as part of of being a human being. So that I felt that was uh, that was helpful for me because surely, and that's what I want to talk about next. Surely. You must have some anxiety, right? When you think about a lot. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so oh. can you can you talk a little bit about like what if you think of that day where you're gonna go up to your your boss and 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 tell that person that you're gonna quit? Well, like what kind of what kind of feelings come up for you? I would say just being overwhelmed, just with all everything that would just happen all at once. Make the finality of that decision. You're putting all of that certainty and security behind you to now enter this new world. I think it would just be very overwhelming feeling. So something I would look forward to doing, because I think strategically it's the right decision for the, you know, the reasons I discussed before, it's going to be providing the lifestyle flexibility, kind of investing and the values that I say are important to me, but the finality of that, the one word that comes to mind is just completely overwhelming. Yeah. I recognize that that's how I felt as well, because it feels like you're burning a bridge. Yes. Right? And, and that was the, 20 that was, years to build this bridge and then you know yeah. you're spending your back on it. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to mention two things that I thought was really helpful when I f- went through this process is the first thing is to to recognize your own value. You know, like it feels like the day that you quit your job it feels like you're burning a bridge. But the reality is you still have all the experience, all the skill sets, all the knowledge that you've built in your life. And there's always going to be a need for that, right? So the value that you have as a a person, um, there's always going to be somebody that needs that value. So what I'm trying to say with that is even though you might be burning a bridge with your current employer, but there's always going to be a company that's in need for your skills, so in that sense, like there's always right. that opportunity, right? So I think that's one thing that's really important to recognize. Makes sense. And I guess in that same construct in corporate America, you're constantly building and refining systems and learning how to influence and sell other people. And whether we're applying that to another company who might need that or even to our own business, you know, I think that's interesting to reflect on. You haven't spent all of this time building skills that aren't transferable. They should really be supporting our short-term rental business as it grows into the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And even if the if it doesn't end up working out with the business, and I mean, I know a ton of entrepreneurs, including myself, who started with something that didn't work out. Like I've, I've started many things that didn't work out actually. Um, but every time, every time you learn, you know, I like this, I like this expression by, um, I think it was Thomas Edison. He said, I didn't fail. I just discovered 10,000 ways that don't work. Very good perspective. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought that was a, I thought that was a really, a really interesting one. But, um, but yeah, I think definitely like the stuff that you learn for like being an entrepreneur is almost like going to school. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're learning things every day. And, and so you're build you're really building your, your skill set. you're building on, on your knowledge, but also like you become mentally 
and your mindset grows as an entrepreneur just because you're dealing with more challenges than when you're when you have a nine to five job. Sure. Right. So that that personal growth that you that you go through is also going to give you more a better chance of finding a job if you ever have to, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. No, that makes sense. Interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd say, um, you know, most of the advice and I helped quite a few of my friends and just people in my network kind of quit their jobs, you know, people that would reach out to me and say, Hey, I, I, I saw you quit your job. I want to quit my job. Can we talk? Right. <laughs> you know? Um, like and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like yourself. And um, a couple pieces of advice as well. You know, when it comes to the mindset, I think there's three, there's three things that I really had to adopt, you know, to feel more comfortable in that entrepreneurial space. That is number one is, um, have you heard about the book? It's called The Obstacle is the Way. No, I haven't. So it's by Ryan Holiday, which yeah. is one of my favorite authors. Okay. And he talks about how most people see an obstacle as, as, as something negative, right? As something like, oh, there's an obstacle. We got to go around it. Whereas he has a very different perspective, you know, and that's why his book is called The Obstacle is the Way, because he he argues that, you know, the obstacle, an obstacle is not something we want to go around. An obstacle is something that we want to face and that we want to go through and use obstacles as a way to grow. You know, in a way, an obstacle is really a gift. And that's something that Eric and I was, we always joke about it. You know, Eric really likes uh, extreme ownership. He went to a conference by the offers of uh, extreme ownership. And um, they have a similar mindset where whenever there is a challenge, instead of kind of resisting it, they just kind of embrace it, right? Where they say, okay, great, great, a challenge. That's going to make us grow. It's going to make us better. Give me more, right? So kind of like that mindset shift is something that uh, that I has helped me a lot because there's going to be so many challenges, right? Building your business comes with, so many challenges. So that's the first thing that's really kind of helped me. Number two is I had to really kind of build up a tough skin or a thick skin for when it comes to the feedback that you get from your network, whether it's yeah. me, your friends, your family, other people. Because I kind of I kind of found that most people prefer to give advice that's safe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very much yeah i can appreciate that yeah so i it's i think it's something that you kind of have to learn like you kind of have to become a little bit immune to you know kind of what other people think or say that you right. should do and to be really careful when it comes to seeking advice you know like because because the yeah because i remember like before i quit like i asked some people and they were like yeah, why would you quit? You have this great job. Like, right. you, know, you should just keep doing what you're doing, right? And that's, a, that's kind of the safe, you know, the safe advice that most people will give you because nobody wants to be responsible for you quitting your job and then, you know, your business doesn't work out and, and you know, no one wants to be responsible for giving you that advice. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Just to own the decision and be comfortable in your decision and just have a wall to that advice because it certainly will come. I'm certain of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I worked with a uh, with a, a psychotherapist a couple okay. of years back, and uh, he he helps uh, entrepreneurs 
essentially make more money by by removing like mental blocks and stuff. It's really okay. interesting. I learned a lot from Very this person. But uh, one thing that uh, that he told me was he was like, you gotta have a uh, you gotta have a filter around you, and whenever there's communication coming from somebody, you gotta decide like, do you take it in or just do you let it kind of, you know, do you kind of brush it off? Do you keep it out? And that, right. I felt that was really helpful too. So that kind of helped me not be not being too reactive to the world, if that makes sense. Yes. No, I think that will be an imp- very important piece of advice. Yes. I mean, I think often we're surrounded by family who want you in that kind of secure certain environment, friends that want you in that secure certain environment. And now we're pushing the boundaries saying, nope, quitting the job, getting completely unsecure and I'm comfortable with that decision. So I think kind of filtering that advice and only taking to heart the input from those that you really want to hear and digest will be important. That'll be a challenge for yeah. me, but it'll be important to keep in mind. Yeah. I remember just, uh, just thinking like who's achieved what I want to achieve. Right. Let's ask that person for advice. Right. 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 That's fair. <laughs> Cause everybody Not has good intentions. Retired you know? in corporate America at 65 to, you know, <laughs> to be wondering what, what did I do my whole life? It's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, those are two things, like just kind of viewing obstacles as as gifts, as uh, as opportunities for growth. You know, kind of disconnecting from what the world gives you in terms of like feedback. And then, uh, yeah, the last part, what I what I mentioned, the expression by by Thomas Edison. You know, don't yeah. be don't be afraid to fail. Is is something that I really had to embrace. I, I remember when I first started with my first little business, I, I wanted to do everything perfect, and I was so worried that it wasn't going to work. But at some point, I, re- I recognized that meeting more entrepreneurs, like almost everybody started with something that didn't work out. You know, I, I don't want to say that what you're doing is not going to work out. Right. Right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but even like within a business, there there might be there are parts of it that, that don't end up working. Right. And uh, I remember having a conversation with a very successful entrepreneur, multiple, multiple, multimillionaire. And he told me he was like, dude, just. You, you learn from your mistakes. So just make all the mistakes that you can make as fast as possible. Because, you know, at some point you're going to run out of mistakes and then everything you do is going to work. You hopefully find your way, get on the right path. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. So yeah, those are kind of the, I think the most important things that, that I've noticed with, uh, with my friends and, and people that I've kind of supported and myself. Do you have any, any specific questions when it comes to this topic? Yeah, I think kind of building off of what you were just saying, I think 
be curious to get your thoughts on how do you find that professional network, that support kind of in that entrepreneurial space? How do you find those trusted resources, advisor outside of corporate America, kind of starting out? What would be some recommendations to find some of those key partners? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. And uh, just to throw another expression in there, one, one that I really like as well as uh, I can't remember who said it, but uh, you you kind of become the, the person, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So for me, I kind of naturally rolled into the online entrepreneurial community because I started traveling. And, you know, I was traveling to these locations that were kind of you know, where it's the, it was more cost, low cost environments. So, you know, for example, Asia, South America, and you just kind of naturally end up hanging out with other travelers there. And a lot of them were doing something similar that I was doing. But I'd say the other thing, I used to go to a lot of conferences. I met a ton of people at conferences. And obviously, right now, I think conferences are coming back, right? There was the VMRA a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Conferences are a great way to to connect with uh, with like minded uh, individuals, um, but also in your own uh, market where where you live in your own city. There's there's always like I would just Google look on look on meetup.com, look for business meetups, entrepreneurial meetups. There's so many different groups. Maybe even in Facebook, there's so many different groups of people that are you know entrepreneurs and. It's so good to surround yourself. That's one of the most important things, I think. Like surround yourself with other entrepreneurs that you can bounce ideas off and and just for emotional support as well. Right. That's good advice. The other thing I'm kind of curious about, kind of the two philosophies of just burning the bridges or do you kind of take a slow trickle into building the side business while you're still working? I'm sure you've seen kind of pros and cons of both of those, but... Any advice there that that you would offer? Well, here's what I'll say. I know that it feels most people will will kind of tiptoe, right? They'll they'll start building something while they're still working, and they try to they they usually want to extend or uh, postpone that day that they're actually going to quit <laughs> as long as possible, build up some savings and. Which makes sense, right? It's completely understandable. But what I've noticed is that that people who stay in their job, their business tends to grow pretty slow. But once you're all in, once you've kind of burned that bridge, now like your your drive to succeed in your business suddenly like becomes 10 times stronger, right? There's this other book, The Art of War. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you heard about it. This guy talks about how his army fights much better when there's when there's no way to retreat, right? You're with your back against the wall, and I see that I see that in the entrepreneurial community too. Like oftentimes, people talk about you know the business that they want to build for years, and then you know a couple of years later, you ask them like, "Hey, you you I thought you were working on this business. You were planning to quit your job," and and oftentimes it's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm still." You know, I'm still working on it. Um, you know, I haven't quit my job quite yet. Just building up a little bit more savings versus like somebody quits their job. And then like, you know, a year later, suddenly you, you see on Facebook and you're like, whoa, this person is, is built his entire business in, in a year. And it's crazy how fast it can go if you're all in. And if you've, 
you know, once you burn a bridge, like it just everything is on steroids. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And so I'm curious, hypothetical, but burn the bridges all in. I mean, what's a realistic time frame? And I know it's different for everyone, but realistically, what would be the time frame where you could develop a business that's kind of self-sustaining and financially independent for your family, kind of following the course and everything that you all are teaching? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say obviously it depends a bit where you're where you're starting off. I'd say anywhere between six to twenty-four months. Okay. So not a significant I think that's, amount. I think that's a reasonable time frame. Yeah. So I always tell people who want to quit, who, who ask me for advice on this and, you know, talking about quitting jobs and starting business. I always say like, Hey, if you have to do, if you have to put in 60 hours a week for the next two years and you make zero dollars, are you okay with that? If the answer is yes, if you're okay with that and you're still going to continue to work on it because you're passionate about it, then go for it. But if that's if that's something that you can't handle, then maybe it isn't isn't the best choice. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I guess one thing that I'm sure myself and other people have pondered is like, okay, so when's the time? I understand yeah. it's going to be different, it's going to be uncertain, it's going to be scary, but like, when is the right time? And I presume the answer is there's never a right time. You just have to pull the plug, as with most big decisions in life. But what are your thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, very true. And I, I would say most people, in my opinion, make the move later, right? Or too too late, maybe. Yeah. Or it never happens, you know? So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that's just a natural bias because we we don't want to give up that security. So by the time you actually make that decision to quit, it's probably like a few months after you could have done it already. So I would say most people could have, I definitely could have made that decision a year earlier than, than I really did. You know, I, I pondered about it for, for about a year or so until I actually made that move. And now I look back and I think, well, if I would have quit a year before that, then a year is a long, is a lot of time, you know, there's somebody, I don't know if you might have heard about this person, John D. Loomis. John D. Loomis or John Lee Dumas? I always forget <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> which way around it is. But anyway, he uh, I met him in 2014 on the podcasting conference. Okay. By the way, starting a podcast is a great way to build your network. <laughs> Just uh, run it out there. <laughs> and I remember uh, his story. He started a, a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. Okay. which is a very, very popular podcast, daily podcast talking about entrepreneurship. And he started his podcast because he wanted to be an entrepreneur, but he didn't know how to start. He didn't know how to do it. So he was listening to all these entrepreneurial podcasts, but they were only like once a week or twice a week. And so every day he was driving to work and he had about 30 minutes and he's like, I want to listen to a podcast about entrepreneurship every single day. But he ran out of of things to listen to. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast where I talk for 30 minutes about entrepreneurship every single day. And that became his business. And he talks about the the $100,000 mistake because, you know, he he was planning to to launch his podcast. He had a mentor and his mentor was like, all right, well, let's set a deadline. All right. When are you going to start this thing? And so he was like, all right, let's start it like August 1st. Right. 
comes August 1st. And obviously, you never feel ready for something like this, for launching something new, starting a new business, quitting your job. These are just things you're never going to feel ready, right? But we're all waiting for that moment that we think is the best moment. So he he said to his mentor, he was like, well, you know what? Like, we got to extend this. Like, let's let's make it September 1st, right? Because, you know, honestly, like, I'm not ready for this now. Let's wait one month. One month later, same thing. At some point, his mentor said to him, all right, you're launching this thing on this date. And if you don't, then I am not going to be your mentor anymore. Right. So then he ended up launching his podcast on that date. Um, and a year later, I think he was making like $100,000 a month. And so then he looked back and he was like, wow, that month that I procrastinated and that I decided to like postpone, that cost me $100,000. So he calls it the $100,000 mistake. The big lost opportunity cost. <laughs> Interesting. No, that's good perspective. Yeah. Interesting. What do you think are the biggest mistakes? If you think about all the people that you've kind of coached and seen go through this, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that you would warn against? I would say jumping on too many opportunities, really focusing on, on one thing and doing that one thing really, really well. Yeah. That is what most of the, of the successful entrepreneurs, you know, in, in the short-term rental space, but also outside. I mean, this is something that we talk about quite a bit, right? In the vision uh, module in Ledges X that you went through. It's really narrowing down our focus, getting really clear on what we want to build, what we want to do, and then just becoming the best best that we can be at, at that one thing. Right? I, I, think, uh, I think that's the, the best advice that I can give you. Interesting. Yeah, I've even noticed that already. We've started thinking about in kind of the future, and it's like, okay, we're going to start with owning. Then now we're co-hosting, and I'm like, okay, well, what about this new syndication model? And like your wheels just start spinning of just the world of opportunity that's out there, and just the abundance of so many areas that we could go into. So I could. That's very sound advice. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's what I. That's what I love about you know, really building your vision is it gives you the confidence to say no to things. Right. Right. Because if you're, if you're not clear on exactly what you want to build and an opportunity comes by, then how are you going to make the decision to decide whether this is an opportunity or a distraction? Once you have your vision, it's very simple. You just ask yourself the question, does this, does this opportunity, is this in line with our vision? Does this align what we want to do? Right. The answer is yes, then you go for it. If the answer is no, then it's a distraction and you you pass up on it. You know, this is true for guests, for clients, for you know, any any decision you want to make in your business. Interesting. And good advice. Now this is super helpful. I don't know. What else would you offer? I think you've answered most of my questions. I think the mental components, the biggest part, which we spent a lot of time on at the beginning. Some great advice there, Jasper. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think um these realizations, these recognitions, like that there's always a, there's always the corporate world that we can go back to recognizing our own right. value, understanding that it's a, it's a, you know, it's a journey of ups and downs and we're going to learn along the way and just, you know, just believing in your, in your, in your vision and believing that the universe is going to, you know, put you on the right path. I think just, uh, just kind of repeating maybe making a list of a number of those things and just reading those every single day. I know entrepreneurs who literally stand in the mirror every single morning. They have a morning routine where they have certain, uh, they call them, um, what do you call those things? 
like a mantra or something? Yeah, yeah like a, um, affirmations or something, yeah. right? Which I think is helpful because our brain, our brain is always looking for danger, right? That's why we're still alive, right? right. As, a, as, as a human species, yeah. <laughs> we're still alive because our brain is trying to, our brain is trying to keep us safe. Our brain is not trying to make us successful entrepreneurs, right? So it's it's just a natural, it's just natural that our brain is always looking for where's the danger. So starting the day out by kind of calming your own mind and saying like, Oh yeah, let's just remember. I, you know, I have a lot of value. I have a lot of skills. I have a lot of knowledge. Like there's always the corporate world's always there. It will ne- never, you know, disappear. There's always a place for me to work if if I need to, you know, just kind of making that part of your your daily morning routine. Uh, I think can be very helpful to kind of you know lower the anxiety levels a bit and help change your mindset. Exactly. Yeah, and then that's why if you go to you know like. Um, meditation retreats and stuff like that there's it's always a majority of people are always entrepreneurs it's really interesting because the kind of entrepreneurship kind of forces you to to get into that that type of stuff because you really you kind of need it i would love to do that (laughs) that's like a great idea (laughs) wonderful awesome anything else that we should chat on this has been super helpful I appreciate your advice and taking a moment to chat with me. Yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, coming on the on the podcast and uh, and sharing, uh, you know, your your thoughts and what you wanna what you wanna do. And yeah, I think there's a lot of people, like I said, I've, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now who are either planning to do the same or at least have considered it. So. Yeah, I feel like some of the statistics I've read are like up to 90% are considering changing jobs, leaving corporate America. It's just such a big change right now for so many of us. So Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. You know, just to finish with uh, what we kind of started with is uh, there's just a lot of opportunity right now in the short-term rental space. And right. I think the people that are going all in right now, like like you're doing, getting the advice, you know, learning, taking courses, uh, as you're doing in Legends X, I really believe that those people are going to do really well in in, in the very near future. So, looking forward to it. It'll be an exciting, exciting times. year. Exciting <laughs> yeah. times for sure. Awesome. I appreciate it. Awesome, Samantha. Any uh, any final words you want to share with the audience? No, just a big thank you for your support and guidance, and I'll definitely uh, be taking some of this advice to heart. So. Thanks, awesome. Jeff. Well, how about this? Why don't we end with, uh, I know you have quite a bit of experience with your, with your short-term rentals. Let's uh, finish it off with uh, what's your, what's one tip, one thing that you've learned in short-term rentals that you share with the audience? Sure. I think the, probably the most impactful lesson for us so far has been that first module, really setting your vision for what, what your company, who you want to be. I think that's really helped us identify kind of where we want to grow. I still think we're going to struggle with setting those boundaries as so many new opportunities come around, but kind of setting that path forward, at least for the first year of who do we want to be for the first year has been really critically important and not something we had really done before the course. So I would say that's kind of the one biggest takeaway deliverable that we have so far. 
And then the second, I think is kind of my second nature, but just systemizing everything. That's kind of what I do day in and day out. So probably would have done it anyway, but you're just a way that you guys approach just really formalizing, systemizing, delegating so that you can get out of working in your business and building on your business has been wonderful to learn. Awesome. Awesome. Well, appreciate you being in the program. Appreciate you being on the podcast and uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for being on. And we'll we'll see each other uh, pretty soon next week on the accountability call. So thanks again, Jasper. Absolutely. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. Hope uh, this was helpful. If you want to, you know, quit your job, then uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, we'll be back. Eric and I will be back on Friday with another episode. So we'll see you then. Get paid for your pet. 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 If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the SCR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.